Thank you to EarthUp, our sponsor for the month of September. EarthUp enables employers to crowdsource corporate emissions reductions from their employees. This bottom-up approach reduces costs for sustainability teams while de-risking a company's emissions reduction strategy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to ESG Decoded. I'm your host, Caitlin Allen, and today I am super excited to welcome Lefteris Arapakis with Enalia. Some of you may have recently seen there was an article about Enalia in the Washington Post, and y'all been getting some great press. Um, and it's just a really uh, exciting business model. We're really excited to have you on today, Lefteri. Thank you. Thank you very much, Caitlin. It's, uh, it's really an honor to, to be do, today here with you and, and to be able to have this uh, conversation with you. And I'll start by just sharing a brief part of your bio so that folks know who you are. And then uh, Lefteri is going to share uh, a big secret with us. So stay tuned. <laughs> So Lefteris comes from a long line of Greek professional fishermen. During the Greek economic crisis, he co-founded Enalia, an organization with a vision to make the marine ecosystem sustainable. Enalia has created the first school for professional fishing in Greece and two wide-scale plastic cleanups, the Mediterranean Cleanup and Bahari Safi, through working with 1,600 fishers where the collected waste is integrated into the circular economy. So we're talking about circular economy today, one of my favorite topics. The Mediterranean cleanup is one of the top five marine plastic cleanups in Europe. And Lefteris has been awarded the, as the Uni United Nations European Young Champion of the Earth in 2020 and the ambassador for the Mediterranean coast by UNEP MAP for 2021 and 2022. He is a graduate of the Athens University of Economics and Business a TEDx speaker and Ashoka changemaker, and was listed in the Greek Forbes 30 under 30 list of 2020. Lefteris, so happy to have you. Thank you so much, um, Nathan. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. And we have some cool connections to via Climco, which we will get to. But first, I know everyone is just dying to know what this secret is. So Lefteris, what is, what's your big secret? <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> Get right to it. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, I think uh, my secret is that even though I'm coming from a fishing family and I'm working with thousands of fishers, uh, my, my secret is that I'm a terrible fisherman myself, <laughs> probably the most fisherman uh, in, all over Greece. So maybe, yeah, maybe that, is, that, that, that could be my secret. <laughs> Well, I laughed so hard when you first told me that. I thought we just had to we had just had to share that with the world because it is very ironic. <laughs> okay, well, so thanks thanks for that. I I think you know you have an incredibly uh, interesting and innovative business model, and I think it's a wonderful example of we we talk about impact businesses, right? And and you know having a business that both advances an environmental and definitely in this case, social goals in terms of economic impact for, for these fishers, but, but also is, is a, a way to make money, right? How, how do we think about these different business models and think creatively so that we can solve big problems and also have, make a living at it? So we're really excited to hear. And I would love to start with just having you going over the business model of Enalia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it all started like uh, one of the first times that I, I went fishing. Uh, 
So that was around five years ago. We were creating the curriculum for the first school uh, of fishing uh, in Greece. And uh, we went on various fish trips to, to see the whole process. And, and then uh, on that first trip, it was in the, in the beautiful Greek islands of Cyclades, there in the middle of the Aegean Sea. I was really shocked to see that uh, the fishermen were collecting with their nets, not only fish, but also plastic, like a lot of it. And I still remember in our first catch, we got like a soda drink that was so old, it had expired back in 1987. So it was like 30 years in the sea. And as I was looking at that, the, the fisherman took it from my hand and threw it back in the sea. And he told me, you know, my, my plastic is not our problem. And then we started reading all the latest papers uh, about marine plastic pollution. And then we saw that by 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the sea. Uh, so we realized we need to act and we need to do something about that. So my concept was simple. These guys, they go every day for fishing and as a bycatch, they collect plastic. So potentially we could replicate that model and collect vast amounts of plastic from the sea without spending uh, any energy or CO2 emissions to do that. Uh, it would be a passive cleanup. So we started a pilot in our local port here in Pireus with a couple of fishermen, actually my father and one of his friends. And the pilot was successful. We collected large amounts of plastic from the sea. And then uh, we thought that, uh, you know, we can replicate and scale it up in other areas. And now we are working in 40 ports in the Mediterranean Sea. And of course, at the Kenya coast, collecting vast amounts of plastic in a, in a very, very low cost collection process. So since it's a low cost collection process, uh, we could attract uh, multinational companies, big foundations that would be willing to work with us on a large scale. So that's the one side of it. The other side is, what are we doing with all of that plastic? In the beginning, we didn't know. Nobody was accepting uh, ocean plastic. But uh, gradually, we created partnerships with certified recycling companies in each country. And then the collected plastic would get sorted. And after sorted, it would get... Uh, actually turned into pellets. So currently more than 70% of the plastic that we are collected uh, is integrated into the circular economy and is turned into uh, shoes, jackets, backpacks, swimming pants, furniture, skateboards. So with that concept and that model, we're able to turn ocean plastic from something that it's a waste to something that it's a resource so that people can go and get it. So we kind of turn plastic into a kind of fish because now it has value. And, you know, our goal is to overfish for ocean plastic. No, I, I think it's just such an interesting example of, of, I mean, this was your words from when we first met, right? Reshaping an economic model to create win-win partnerships for society and nature and business yeah right but it seems so revolutionary but it's also so simple right it's just the thinking creatively about a problem and and who those stakeholders are who you can bring together to create a new opportunity 
Caitlin, you're absolutely right. Like our concept was not to make just a one-off initiative or, or create a win-lose relationship. Uh, when we were creating our business model, we wanted to make something that has a long-term positive impact. And to mm -hmm. make that happen, uh, we needed to create value for the human societies. We need to create value for the environment as well. And through that activity, uh, the fishers are collecting plastic. They are getting an extra revenue from that. And at the same time, uh, they are cleaning our seas and oceans from plastic. So it's a win-win relationship that can have a long-term impact. And I think that's a different approach from a traditional uh, NGO initiative because on that activity, they sometimes I feel that they are either too much focused on the human element or too much focused on the, on the environmental element. And they don't try to find that connection that they can create uh, value actually for all the stakeholders involved. There's also some recent news that just came out yesterday, September 15th, 2022, about a partnership between Analia and Crimeco. I was wondering if we could chat about that for a moment too and let folks know what we're up to. Yes, uh, we, we are so excited uh, to partner with Climco and uh, yeah, with the uh, Quality Recycling Center in Kenya uh, because through that partnership, we are able to set up and launch one of the biggest uh, ocean plastic cleanups in Africa. We are able to work with hundreds of local fishers and coastal community members and motivate them to collect plastic from the ocean and then through our collaboration with the Quality Recycling Center, turn that plastic into flakes in new products. So for us, it's, it's, it's really exciting because uh, it's a manifestation of a win-win business model that is creating value for the companies involved, but also for nature. And, and that model, actually, our work in Kenya is certified by the VERA standard. So through that certification, we are also able to generate plastic credits. So one plastic credit, let's say, if I, if I speak very simply, is like a receipt that you collected one ton of ocean or ocean-bound plastic uh, in an ethical way. Uh, so through Climco and our collaboration, we'll be able to generate hundreds of plastic credits in the next months, uh, financing the operations, uh, creating jobs in the local communities, and creating a proof of concept that through this kind of partnerships, we can actually fight ocean plastic pollution because this model can be replicated all over the world. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I wanted to just call out a few names that people might not be familiar with. So Vera is one of the registries that is sort of an arbiter of what becomes a credit and what does not become a credit. And Vera has a plastic collection methodology that Climco was um, actually the first uh, group to issue plastic credits under that methodology last year. So for folks who are interested in learning more about that really in depth, there's another episode that we did, um, I want to say December, January timeframe with uh, Chris Parker of our plastics program. So if you just look up the episode with Chris Parker and ESG Decoded, you can learn more about the mechanics of that program. And yeah, I just I just wanted to interject that. So if anyone was curious what Vera was or what a plastic credit was, there's a whole other 45 minutes you can go listen about that. But we're really excited because this is an expansion of that program and it it does bring in this other other key stakeholder which is potentially individuals but also businesses that want to, you know, recognize that even though they they need to use plastic, for example, in their business 
they're also being part of the solution of a broader plastic cleanup, right? So, excuse me, it's a little bit different from a carbon asset in that it's not exactly one-to-one. -one. It's, it's not the atmosphere we're talking about, right? It's physical plastic. But I think for a lot of companies that want to want to make an impact in, uh, in terms of the plastic solution problem, purchasing plastic credits is a way to essentially have a verifiable, like you said, verifiable, ethical way to know that you as a company have contributed to the cleanup of ocean plastic and ocean-bound plastic. So I'll, I just want to interject that uh, for folks that might be wondering a little bit more about that program. Uh, but let's go back to the, the project in Kenya. So those, those pellets, um, are remade into lots of different products, you said. So are they resold then as uh, feedstock, essentially? Yeah. So in general, both in the Mediterranean and in Kenya, we, we try to uh, make sure that this that the plastic that we, we collect is integrated into the circular economy. Uh, so in, in the Mediterranean, most of the plastic is turned into pellets. In, in Kenya, uh, the majority of the plastic is turned into, into flakes. Uh, some of those can be turned into pellets. So we have different, uh, different uh, actual products out of uh, every region. So in Kenya, uh, a big part of the collected plastic is turned actually into building uh, materials. And that materials are used uh, locally uh, to create... Uh, uh, sustainable and affordable housing uh, for the local communities. So that's the main use of the plastic we collect uh, in Kenya. A percentage of that, though, is being uh, exported in third countries like in Canada uh, for various uh, uses in the industry. Uh, the plastic that we collect uh, from the Mediterranean uh, is then turned into products such as you know, jackets and t-shirts and, and, and skateboards and furniture. So we mainly work with uh, fashion companies in the Mediterranean, while in Kenya we try to have a more hands-on approach with the collected plastic. That's yeah, super interesting. So, you know, you've got this really amazing business model, you're scaling now. What still needs to be done to solve this problem more broadly or for your business? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. You know, Cleaning up plastic, even in vast quantities, is not actually solving the problem. It's, it's treating the symptom of it. And it's like uh, now all of us, it's like we are in a boat and, and the boat has, you know, uh, has a hole and there's uh, water leaking in the, in the boat. So that's, that's the plastic and we're about to sink. So what we're actually doing in Analia is we have a bucket and, and we put that water out. So it does buy us some time, but it's not solving the problem. We need to stop water from entering the boat. We need to prevent plastic from entering the nature at the first place. So in order to do that, I strongly suggest that we should reduce the plastic that we produce. We should uh, reduce the plastic that we use. And we should make sure that uh, all the plastic that is being made uh, is not part of a linear eco economy, but a circular economy. We need to make sure that this plastic can be actually recycled or reused as many times as needed. So this is why uh, in Enalia, we also work a lot in policy and advocacy campaigns. So we work with international decision-making bodies 
such as the European Commission or uh, the United Nations Environment Programme, and we participate in discussions about what could be done. And we also provide data about the plastic we find in our oceans. For example, we don't find plastic straws in the sea. It's like 0.00001% of the waste, but we find a lot of fishing nets. It's close to 20% of the total ocean plastic pollution confirmed both in the Mediterranean and in Kenya. So we need to do something about that. And again, in our work regarding the fishing nets, we work now with the fishing communities to prevent these nets from entering the sea and make sure that these nets are recycled properly. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's fascinating. And even it makes me think about something Chris Parker said in the episode I mentioned earlier, and he said, you know, I hope we don't need plastic credits in 10 years. I hope there's no plastic going into the ocean so that this program becomes irrelevant. <laughs> That's what he said. Because, yeah, to your point, it's really, it's not the root cause, but it's a very important cleanup, right? That This is very, very important. And, and plastic credits and other um, innovative business models like the one you have are really all about how do we incentivize of an activity that doesn't currently have an, an economic incentive, right? So the fishermen before were throwing it back because why would I, why, well, why would I do anything with this? No one's going to pay me for it. It's, exactly. I need to fill my ass with fish that's going to provide income for my family, right? So it's about changing those incentives and using market mechanisms like a plastic credit to create the economic incentive and, and fund it essentially, right? Exactly. And uh, I really, really like the idea of the plastic credits because it actually protects you from greenwashing or be called a greenwashing campaign. Uh, because, you know, I've been on the field and I've been on the sea for many years now. And there are so many campaigns, so many multinational companies that they are just running one or two or three beach cleanups. You know, and they say we, we fight against plastic, uh, plastic pollution. And maybe they collect, I don't know, like, 50 or 100 pounds of, of, of plastic from the sea every year. Most of the companies, they don't even announce how much plastic they, they collect through their initiatives from the sea. So for me, that's a greenwashing campaign. So this is something that uh, the a plastic credit uh, methodology is solving because you know how much plastic you collect. You collect vast amounts of plastic and you make sure that this plastic is collected in an ethical way and is managed in a proper way. So if we are about to do plastic cleanups, if we're about to buy us all some more time to deal with the plastic pollution problem, we need to do it right, and we need to do it at scale. Yeah, thank you, Lefe. It's um, very insightful, and I know that that's exactly the goal, right, of going through a, a verifier like Vera, is that there are very stringent methodologies as, and, and criteria. There's also these interesting co-benefits. So thinking maybe we talked for a moment about, you mentioned doing it ethically. What does that mean, right? What does it mean to do ocean-bound and ocean plastic cleanup ethically um, for the people that are involved? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, some very basic stuff. You need to make sure that all the people that are participating uh, in, uh, in this uh, plastic cleanup project, they are adults, they are of legal age, to be able to work. 
so that's, that's, that's one of the main, main baselines. And then you need to make sure that these people are getting paid fairly, that you don't pay them the minimum wage, but you pay them a living wage. Uh, so these are two main activities, requirements that, that, that should be. And that's why uh, the VERA methodology is, uh, is making sure that this uh, will be met. Uh, another thing that uh, should be included to have an ethical plastic cleanup is you need to make sure that the plastic is actually either from the ocean or the ocean-bound region. Uh, so you need to, 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 to ensure that you, know, you don't go far away in a dump site and collect the plastic from there. That's, that's not an ocean plastic cleanup. And, and finally, you need to make sure that this plastic is going to be managed properly. So if there are recycling facilities in the country to be recycled or upcycled in the proper way, uh, or if they are not, that it's going to go to to proper legal uh, landfill. So for me, that's, that's some basic requirements that can make plastic cleanup ethical. I think it's so interesting. And for our, for our corporate clients that are listening, for our corporate partners that are listening, this is a relatively um, small list in a way if you want to just get on board and you can look at purchasing plastic credits that are verified. But also there's some interesting other, you know, practices that are emerging around this that I just want to mention. And one is plastic footprinting. So. I would say it's very small and niche compared to greenhouse gas footprinting still at this point, but um, it is an interesting exercise for, for companies that do have a substantial plastic footprint that may want to actually look at quantifying that and then, you know, matching that to plastic credits. So just something for those of you who I know are already thinking about, oh, how can I do this in my company or how can I do this in my organization? Um, or even individuals through Climate Green that want to purchase plastic credits, there are emerging methodologies around around um, footprinting. Uh, so let us know if you have any questions on that. But let's let's move on to uh, to call to action. You know, what what would you ask folks to do that are interested in this problem, that are interested in being part of the solution? Yeah, that's that's a great question uh, because you know. Uh, as long as we discuss about it, I think nothing is going to come out of that. Like we need, we need to act. So for me, that's uh, that's one of the main philosophies that, that I have integrated in my life. Uh, so for the companies listening to us, I think uh, w- one of the first activities they should do is uh, research about marine plastic pollution, read all the latest papers, all the latest advancements, uh, all the science uh, regarding that topic. And then after taking all this uh, information and data, uh, take some action. So the one should be to use more recyclable plastic in the products if they are producing plastic products. And the tr- again, I think they should try to reduce the amount of plastic that they uh, contain, that their products contain. So this should be two main uh, activities, and I think the public is going to love it. And then for the initiatives and the activities in their in their company that they cannot, you know, eliminate that have uh, plastic consumption, then I think uh, they should uh, act uh, against ocean plastic pollution. And I think they should be engaged with one of the uh, verified plastic credit projects that are out there uh, in order to uh, not only eliminate their food. Tr- footprint, but also inspire others to take action 
And then, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic that if we start acting like that, we can create a ripple effect and uh, we'll not have a problem with the plastic anymore. Because currently, honestly, plastic is a great uh, product, it's a great material. The problem with plastic is how we use it, how we manage it. So if we manage uh, to create a, a, an economy that this plastic is, this material is not thrown in, into the environment, but just runs into the circular economy, then it's perfect. So I think this should be the vision for these companies that are using or producing plastic products right now. I think that's super, super helpful plan, Lefteris. And yeah, I think it just fits really well into our, I guess, philosophy at ESGT Credit is, you know, we're, we're not here to say anything is really, you're bad, plastic's bad, oil is bad, tobacco's bad, whatever. We're not here to say that. We're, we're here to say, you know, okay, how do we make this better, right? There's obviously externalities. There's obviously big, serious problems that we're facing collectively. How do we innovate to solve them, right? And and I just wanted to reiterate what you just said, like plastics are incredible products. We need them in our emergency rooms and hospitals. And, you know, there, there's some... In, in industry, you know, there's some very important uses for these products. And to your point, is this, this is about how we rethink how we use them and as a very high value, value resource, right? What, how do we make sure that it doesn't end up as waste and move to a circular model versus a make waste dispose type model? So really aligns super well with what, with what we, try to bring to the conversation on ESGB coded, which is unfortunately missing a lot from the mainstream. So, so thank you for that. I think, you know, we've heard so much about Analia, about the Crime Co partnership, about plastic credits. Is there anything else you want to share? I'll just open it up for, for folks to think think about going forward. Well Maybe I could say, you know, like to, to the people listening to this podcast, uh, that if we, in an alia that we are, you know, a group of young people, you know, coming from, from fishing families or local families. So if we can inspire and motivate thousands of fishers to start collecting plastic from the ocean, something that they have never considered in the past, then I think each and every one of you can initiate action against climate the climate crisis. You know, either you are doctors or, or, or consultants or working in a business, you can have the impact you want in the planet. So my advice is start now, act now, act local, and then, and then the impact is going to be huge. Beautiful way to end. Thank you so much. So happy to have had you on, really. Thank you for taking the time, Lefteris. Thank you so really much. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks again to our sponsor, EarthUp, whose mission is to make sustainability a part of everyone's job so companies can meet their emissions goals. Visit them at earthup.eco.